today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our hosts, Lango Dean and Dr. Mark Vaughn, sit down with Monica Emerson for a conversation on the consistent barriers to Black girl success in STEM. Up first is Career Communication Group's Senior Technology Editor, Lango Dean. Next is Corning Incorporated's Manager of Technical Talent Pipelining, Dr. Mark Vaughn. Finally, our esteemed guest, Monica Emerson. Ms. Emerson is a highly respected senior consultant with over 30 years of experience in human resources management, leadership development, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. As the founder and owner of Inclusive Performance Solutions, she focuses on providing clients with authoritative guidance and exceptional services that enable optimal organizational performance. As a nationally respected strategist, Ms. Emerson brings a wealth of practical experience from both the private and government sectors on how to successfully engage senior leaders in diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives that optimize individual and organizational performance. And without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Lango Dean and Dr. Mark Vaughn. Thank you for that kind introduction. Welcome, Ms. Emerson. Welcome again. And over to you, Dr. Vaughn. Thank you so much, Lango. And I add my welcome, uh, Monica, as well. Such a great opportunity to have the, oper- the opportunity to sit down and speak with you today. Uh, I have watched with great interest your participation and leadership uh, in the Black Engineer Women of Color uh, career communications group uh, efforts, and I'm very grateful for how it is that you continue to impact these important conversations. And today's is certainly one that is near and dear to all our hearts, but definitely one that you have championed uh, perhaps for the entirety of your career, and that is the concern for Black women, especially in STEM. But I wanted to begin the conversation today by taking a step back and not just limiting the view to STEM, but to ask you if you might speak to the barriers that you see to black women, period, in society as it pertains to their inclusion and their success. Well, Dr. Vaughn, thank you very much for for having me. Uh, I think this is a wonderful opportunity to share information with the audience about some of the, the barriers that continue to uh, confront uh, Black women uh, in our society today. Very often, we talk about the challenges of that face women in general, but we don't often zero in on the, the challenges that are specific to Black women in our society. And so very often, because of that, the, the the resources that they need to overcome them are not necessarily there. But one of the things that we know is that four out of five black uh, mothers, that's 79%, are, are breadwinners, are, are the breadwinners. Um, with the majority of black mothers, 56% raising families on their own. And that is means that they shoulder 
the primary or the sole responsibility for the household. And that means, you know, bringing in the financial resources and ensuring that the needs of the children in that family are met. Um, and that's all of those needs from getting them to school um, to whatever extracurricular activity they have, their social and emotional needs. And in fact, in this environment of COVID, actually keeping them safe and, and healthy, which is extraordinarily challenging. So um, that in and of itself, I mean, the fact that they are very often doing it alone without a partner uh, in the house does indeed add uh, additional burden. And also, um, black women tend to be paid less than other women. Um, they are in, in that primarily because many of them are in jobs um, that are not as high paying. We know that relative to STEM professions in general, they tend to be extraordinarily underrepresented, which is one of the reasons that I have been a supporter of the Women of Color STEM Conference for so many years. In fact, since its inception, because it's uh, an initiative that, that seeks to remedy that. But the fact still remains that uh, black women in our society, um, you know, really are um, uh, one of the lowest paying groups of, of people uh, still uh, today. And, uh, and that needs to, to be addressed. And what that means is that many of them find themselves in housing conditions um, in areas where the children are going to schools that are underserved and undersupported with regard to financial resources. Um, so again, it's a cycle that unless um, additional attention and resources are, are applied to this situation, will have a tendency to perpetuate themselves. Wow, those are, are really stunning, stunning statistics that you just shared. And I would imagine that most people have not really been introduced to them. So you said about 80% of households are inclusive of women as the primary breadwinner. 50% uh, of the households, the women are the sole breadwinner, the single uh, parent situation. And then you add to that the low pay, the housing challenges, and that was before we had the issues around the COVID pandemic. So if you take that all together, what is it that you would say would be the top one or two needs, resources that would benefit Black women in society in the United States right now? What are the top needs that these women would really benefit from? Well, thank you for that question, Dr. Vaughn. Right now, I think we need to, uh, first of all, continue to make these facts known. Those of us who have a platform, those of us who have a voice, whether that's in uh, media, whether that's in government, uh, or through a corporation or a social organization, we need to speak out. Um, we need to ensure 
that where governments are able to do so, that they um, get money and they get resources through federal programs to, to these women. Um, we know the loss of jobs is going to exacerbate this program, uh, exacerbate these conditions uh, in our black community. The forecast of job losses, businesses shuttering that likely will not come back um, in the black communities uh, is, is tremendous. And so we need federal dollars to continue to be channeled into black communities. That's one of the things that we can do is to ensure that we're raising our voices, talking to our federal representatives, our state um, senators, our congressional leaders about continuing federal resources and don't allow it to stop. Uh, unemployment insurance, uh, additional monies for uh, rent payments so that we don't find uh, women um, uh, in a situation where they're being evicted um, for lack of rent payment. Um, because these are dire situations. So we need to speak out. We need corporations to speak out as well and to, uh, to use their voices and their um, advocacy to push for government to continue to do that. Um, this nation has the financial resources to bolster um, not just black women, but people who are in such dire needs uh, right now. And I, and I think public pressure needs to be put on them to do so. And where women are working, I think it is incumbent upon uh, corporate leaders, the CEOs, the human resources professionals, the chief uh, diversity officers to take a look at wage structures and see whether or not um, there's an opportunity there to address some of the pay disparities and the pay gaps that exist um, between black women and other workers. We know that um, that the, the gaps exist uh, and we need to uh, look at ways to close those gaps. Um, it, it's not enough just to know that they're there. Um, we, we have to do more and there are people in positions um, who can make a difference and we need to use our voices, we need to use our clout uh, to, uh, to both highlight the problem and then bring forth solutions to correct it. When you think about it, there is so much that we are facing as a society, as a culture, as a community today. And you just actually began to articulate the realities of gaps that have been magnified. They certainly were there before the global crisis, but the light has been shined on them in a very powerful way. And with those stressors that are in place, certainly mental health starts to become an issue. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of uncertainty. And one of the really cool things about High Tech Sunday is that not only are we looking to the lever of technology, but we're also grounded in the realities of the spirit. And so 
Could you uh, just speak to how you think it is uh, as a Black woman uh, dealing with and championing Black women, you have found the strength to be able to weather storms like this. What is it that keeps you spiritually strong so that you can hang in there? Well, I I will tell you, Dr. Vaughn, um, that my journey um, has... uh, not always been an easy one. Uh, in fact, I sometimes uh, enjoy the company of my sisters. And uh, one of our favorite songs is uh, coming up the rough side of the mountain. And uh, we will talk about that. But yeah. um, we we know that um, that even though we have had these challenges um, before us, that um that that we are able to make it and i know that in in my lifetime uh i believe that it is only by the grace of god that i have been able to overcome many challenges um i have found that um well many years ago um about 18 years ago um i uh, lost my husband to uh an untimely death um, prior to a very long extended period of illness. Mm-hmm. And um, I, uh, at that time, uh, sort of didn't know if I was gonna be able to make it myself. Um, and, you know, cause it, it's, it's one of those <clears throat> curveballs <clears throat> that you don't expect to, to have come at you. But, um, because at a very early age, um, and my mother, who was always a, a praying woman, had, had introduced our family to prayer. Uh, that's how I was able to get through. And, uh, you know, one of the things that the Bible teaches us is, is not to worry about tomorrow, right? Because the day has enough trouble in it for today. And that, you know, that if we believe, uh, and we trust in the Lord that he will take care of us. Yes. And the word always also tells us that he won't put any more on us than we can bear. And um, and so I remember and I reflect on those scriptures and that another passage that is repeated over and over in the Bible is that I am with you, and I am with you always. And that I found to be comforting, even at moments that I felt very much alone. And so I think that source, that of spirituality helped to get me through very tough times. And I think that that's not uncommon to a lot of, of, of Black women who find themselves faced with adversity um, in in their lives, and and many um, far far greater than far greater than my own. Uh, I was, uh, although I had lost my husband, I had the benefit of support of family and and friends. Uh, and in fact, the career communications group team and family. Was a, was a source of 
support and friendship that, quite frankly, um, at the time, which was many, many years ago, was somewhat surprising. I remember returning to work after my husband had passed, only to uh, learn that within a few days, I was told I had a visitor in the lobby, and it was the chairman of the uh, the CEO, Tyrone Taborn of Career Communications Group, who had wow. flown in from Baltimore because he had learned of my husband's passing and wanted to express his sincere condolences and let me know that if there's anything that he or his team could do to support me, that they were there for me. And I was touched by that. And I remembered that because he could have just as easily sent a card or a bouquet, but he came personally. And that meant a lot. And sometimes when, when people show up for you and they are there for you, um, it leaves an, an everlasting impression. And it also inspires you to do that for other people and to pay it forward. And, and, I, and I try to do that in my life. That is such an important message that is born out of such a personal uh, story. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, the things that resonated so strongly as you were speaking is that we are in this together and it matters that we show up for each other. I would say that throughout the times that we have had to have these conversations on High Tech Sunday, uh, whether we were speaking to Dr. McCauley or to Mr. Pagan and now you, that whole idea of us being our brother's keeper, that whole idea of us really uh, banding together so that we are able to rise together even through this difficulty uh, continues to be such a uh, critical message. And I'm mindful of the fact that the 2020 Women of Color Conference has, as part of its theme, Reset to Rise. So I want to switch gears uh, just really quickly before I hand it off to uh, Lango Dean uh, to, to talk about STEM and women of color. When we look at the reality, uh, those gaps that you alluded to earlier around economics and around opportunity, certainly continue to be a reality for black women and girls in STEM. And so when you think about what Women of Color, the conference has as its mission, what would you say is the thing that keeps you in the fold, so to speak, coming year after year to the conference especially? What do you take away or what do you hope that those who are in attendance take away that keeps them encouraged to work on closing those gaps? Probably the most significant takeaway is that our young girls have so much talent and are so brilliant that with just almost a small amount of support and service and encouragement and mentoring that they can do so, so, so much that it's amazing how um, 
how far they have come, uh, so many of them, with so little support. And I think it speaks to the resiliency of their souls because oftentimes they have come through, uh, you know, educational school systems that have not had the best resources, that have not had the technology or the textbooks um, or supportive teachers or or staff with counselors and or social workers or some of the resources that may be found in, in other places, but somehow they have made it. Oftentimes they find these resources through their churches or other institutions outside of the school system, but they've made it and and they and they come to the conference um, and they are encouraged and they have someone who is who, who looks like them who is an engineer or a, a scientist or mathematician, a college professor, uh, an astronaut who says, and you too can fulfill your dream and you can be this if that's what you wanna be or you can be whatever it is that you want to be. Don't let anyone deter you or stand in your way. Someone who can, who looks like them, who said, somebody along the way told me that I was a failure or that I wasn't worthy of achievement or I couldn't make it, but I made it anyway. And now I stand here before you with whatever degrees it is they have, whether it's a, you know, a master's of engineering or a PhD or whatever uh, high levels of accomplishments um, that, that women who attend this conference have. Um, they attend the conference very much recognizing that their accomplishment is a way of showing young girls that they too can make it. And I think what keeps me coming back is the fact that those stories, those connections are so powerful. And Dr. Vaughn, I will share this, this one story with you. It happened just a few years ago. I was in an audience at an award ceremony for women of color and an award winner was announced. I rec remember that she had, a, she was a very striking a uh, woman who walked out on the stage. She was uh, a PhD in her field uh, with a lot of uh, awards behind her, outstanding accomplishments. And she stepped to the microphone. She looked in the audience and she said, do you remember me? And the audience was quiet. There's like a hush over the audience because we didn't actually. And she said, I was the little girl that sat in the back of the auditorium 15 years ago. And I said, one day, I'm gonna get me one of those awards. Wow. And I'll tell you, I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. And that's why I come back year after year. That is, absolutely powerful and i know that those stories happen year after year 
Yeah. I'm happy to actually welcome back my co-host, Lango Dean, uh, who will guide us uh, into the next part of our conversation. Lango? Thank you for listening to High Tech Sunday, featuring Lango Dean, Dr. Mark Vaughn, and our special guest, Monica Emerson. This week's episode is brought to you by the 2020 Women of Color STEM Conference, taking place in Detroit, Michigan, and online from October 8th through the 10th. And now, a word from our sponsor. From waves of change come oceans of opportunities. This has always been our Women of Color STEM Conference message and mission. Now more than ever, we are expanding our rich history and track record of hosting live streamed award shows and interviews, virtual job fairs, learning and networking experiences to complement our on-site events. We're primed and ready to respond to the challenges from COVID-19 as we reset to rise at our 2020 Women of Color Hybrid STEM Conference on October 8th through the 10th. The world is counting on us. Come ride the waves of change as you explore our limitless oceans of opportunities that can enrich, inspire, connect, and support your continued professional and personal growth that have always been the hallmarks of our women-driven conference. Together, we can help our nation's industries, government, academia, and the military reset, reinvent, and re-energize. Whether you experience our 2020 Women of Color Hybrid STEM Conference in person or in the comfort of your homes or offices, our physical and digital worlds are coming together in a new direction with an innovative conference platform. Take advantage of distance learning with more expansive seminars and continuing education credits. Attend our job fair in person or virtually. Experience the unmatched expertise of women leaders through invaluable training sessions. Be entertained at our awards events and much more. As always, you belong here within our trusted community. Ride the waves of change as we reset to rise. The world is counting on us. Again, the 2020 Women of Color STEM Conference takes place in Detroit, Michigan and online from October 8th through the 10th. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Dr. Vaughn. Um, welcome again, um, Ms. Emerson. I, uh, I must thank you for, it's a great story, and uh, must thank you for the way over the past, what, two decades, three decades, you have continued to engage students like the PhD uh, who won an award who were sitting in the back, um, your tireless commitment to volunteering. Um, women of color wouldn't be where it is without people like you. Um, I also want to um, say, look, reflect as well on the stories that you told. And it's, for me, of course, Dr. Vaughn is, is an ordained minister. I am not. 
But where I find my religion, of course, this conversation is focused on science, technology, engineering, and math. I always tell people that where I find my religion as a writer is in humanities and the stories of human beings. That's where I find my religion. And your story and the stories of the PhD award winner that you told, those are the stories that keep coming up, that keep showing that humanity that continues to inspire us. And in 85 days, we're going to be back in, in uh, Detroit and online because it's a hybrid conference. And many of the stories that we've heard over the years, we've talked about the barriers, but I've always noticed that Black women, African-American women, are always focused on a couple of things, and I'll tell you what they are before you talk about the barriers. They're always focused on the pathways to STEM. They're focused on motivating. They're so passionate. Uh, they're focused on motivating other people, young people, to pursue a career in STEM. They're focused on enabling the recruitment and retention of talent. And they do all this despite the barriers that they face within corporate America, within the organizations that they work for. They are, it's like they're given a mantle, they take it up and they don't shy away from it. But so having said all of that, the question is, what are the barriers that you still see that are blocking Black women in corporate America? Thank you so much, Lango. You know, I would like to think that, that one day, many of these barriers will go away. Um, unfortunately, many of the barriers that um, were there when I worked in corporate America decades ago are still present. I would say, though, that, uh, and what are some of the barriers? Well, many, uh, many Black women still feel a sense of isolation in, in an environment where they don't see a lot of women like themselves, where they don't necessarily have a strong network or, or mentors or, or sponsors to help them navigate the waters. And so, although they may be extraordinarily talented in their chosen field, um, particularly if they're in a STEM profession, those areas are still predominantly male-dominated, and they're still predominantly white male dominated. So for a black woman, she may find herself or feel somewhat alienated in, in that space, in that corporate environment. Um, so it is important that she has some way to connect with a support system. And very often that support system uh, may be a mentor or a sponsor that she connected with while she was at a Women of Color STEM conference because those relationships last well beyond the conference and throughout the year. And, and that's why it's important. So, that, so that's one thing. Um, the other is it's important to have a sponsor inside of a corporate world who can help guide you through what are the critical path positions that you need to experience in order to move up inside of uh, uh, inside of the company, 
where you may be working. You see, it is, we have a lot of women who work very hard inside of corporate America. They come to work every day, they're on time, they do a good job, and in fact, they get very good um, ratings. And they sit in the same, at the same level, in the same position, year after year after year. And many times that's uh, because they don't really have someone who has taken that special interest in them to help guide them and provide them with the career guidance that they need to say, these are the positions that you need to, um, to, to go to in order to advance yourself. And it might be a lateral move into a different role in order to move up. But you need somebody to help you to steer your career and to navigate um, within those within that in, environment. Um, and you need someone to help you understand how to have difficult conversations, how to resolve conflicts that are going to arise in the workplace um, so that you are better prepared to handle those conflicts um, in a way that doesn't derail your career. So uh, again, if, if you find that you're the only one, uh, you may not necessarily have those supports. And so um, that's why we, it's important for us to continue to have the conference so that women know that there's someone that they can turn to. And these aren't just entry level women I'm talking about. These are women at all levels. And in fact, sometimes it's even more important the higher you go up in, into uh, the corporate world. Because you may find that the higher you go, the fewer and fewer there are of you. So even then, it's really important for you to have someone else that you can reach out to the connect and say, this is what happened to me, or this is a, a problem situation I'm facing. How should I handle it? And get some advice from someone who may have experienced a similar situation, even if it's at a different company. And someone you can confide in where it won't be talked about throughout the company. I'm glad you mentioned all those things. Uh, you hit all the right notes that guidance isn't just for, you know, students uh, trying to work their way through college or deciding whether to do a post-grad or, you know, uh, take their first job. It's also for women who are thinking how they're going to move between different roles, uh, understanding their job responsibilities. They also need guidance. Um, but, but what I also want you to, to touch a little bit more on is that opaqueness that we see where it comes to the wage gap, for instance, um, and how business is showing support, not only in terms of uh, diversity and inclusion, um, but also in terms of um, compensating um, people equally. Um, there's a funny story about, um, I don't know, I, you know, things pop up on social media and never remember where you saw it. Um, a whole group of engineers or scientists sort of like reveal their, their pay uh, to each other and uh, all, all hell broke loose. So right. I just wanted, you know, what you had to say on that opaqueness and how business can show support. And then, of course, we'll end up with how women of color, uh, the STEM conference is being part of the solution. Right. 
Well, Lango, you've touched on a very sensitive area because even though there are laws in place now that suggest that companies should be more open relative to compensation, and in fact that they, you know, that, that women have a um, a right to know if they're paid equitably relative to their male counterparts. Um, it's still sometimes difficult to get that from uh, the human resources professionals inside of the company uh, or even from their male counterparts who may not even want to share that information. Um, so again, uh, if within a conference setting, like the Women of Color STEM Conference, we have professionals who are there who are professionals in human resources, professionals in compensation, um, who work at major corporations, who can talk with you about where a particular uh, position and level probably should be um, uh, where that pay point is or where the market pay is for a particular level that could give you some guidance on, on that. Um, if, if an individual feels like they are really being um, underpaid at a particular company. One of the things that I will share with you, though, is that if a, a woman, a, a, an African-American woman who is degreed in engineering, uh, for example, is working in a company that doesn't, um, that doesn't see her value, I will tell you as one um, one mentor once uh, shared with me many years ago, she said, Monica, you, you don't need to work anywhere where you're tolerated. You need to go somewhere where you're celebrated. And I remembered that. I said, wow. So I would say to a person, a, a young or even not so young, any woman who has that kind of credential in this environment where there is such a shortage of technical talent, in fact, I would say there is a, a fierce war for talent. If a company does not value you, if you're not getting the right kinds of development experiences, if you believe that your compensation is not equitable relative to your peers, I would uh, suggest that perhaps you want to reach out and connect with our uh, person at Career Communication Group. We have a job match program, and that is uh, a phenomenal uh, success in terms of placing. It's a job placement program. It operates all year long, and I'm sure that through that program, we could probably place you someplace else where you're not just tolerated but celebrate it because truly finding technical talent uh, is a challenge for most employers now. Um, there were over 120,000 technical jobs that went unfilled in the United States last month. Um, that's why you had colleges, universities, two major colleges and universities prepared to sue the United States government over wanting to send um, students from outside of the United States back and not renew their visas if they didn't study on campus amid this COVID situation. Um, they were gonna revoke their visas. 
and um, the government has since reversed that policy uh, under pressure. But that's because we need that talent here in the United States. Um, that's how much, uh, that's how many jobs are going on field. That's how much pressure there is for great talent. And that's why we need to continue to lift up our women so they understand what the job market is for technical talent in the United States. And if they get those degrees, um, and many more are getting those degrees, that they need to understand and realize just how much more marketable they are. And if they're at a company that does not value them, um, we certainly can help them. Uh, you know, become uh, assigned or re, re, uh, find themselves a home in, a, in an organization that does value them, that would be happy to have them. That's wonderful, Ms. Emerson. All the more reason why um, people should come to Women of Color is in 85 days. Don't forget that. So right. as, we, as you continue uh, as national chair of the Women of Color uh, STEM conference, as you continue to lead this program, so many programs that successfully propel um, low-income students into STEM, uh, first to college, through college, uh, through high school and to college. As you continue to do that, as you continue to um, inspire and motivate women to celebrate each other, I, I want to ask, how can women support each other? And, and, and then we'll kind of look again at how women of color is always being part of that solution. How can women, other women, support each other? Um, one of the things that I think is really important is to be there for one another, to listen uh, when we need a person um, to share our situation, our problems with. Very often, uh, and I think it was mentioned earlier by Dr. Vaughn, um, emotional and mental trials um, come to all of us at different points in our lives, and we need someone to talk to. One of the things that, that we really didn't talk a lot about is just, you know, the inequities of health care and uh, how many of our young women who enter college, enter college as uh, mothers, and they have children that they have to be responsible for while going to school full time. And so th that's quite a challenge. And just helping out each other in that regard uh, can be a tremendous support. And so I think that we have been along the way helping each other um, is, is in, in many different ways, listening to each other, sharing resources uh, that one, one person may know about that another one does not about resources in the community where uh, she may be able to get help with a childcare or transportation. Um, or, or even uh, a food, uh, something we don't often talk about, um, but there's still an issue of hunger in, in our communities. 
uh, many students um, go to school, uh, colleges, and, and don't have the resources for a food plan. Um, so there are many ways that we can support each other just by sharing resources. There are churches, still our black churches and communities still do a lot um, in the way of supporting um, uh, young women uh, and, and young men as well as they get through schools. In our churches, our black churches have always been an anchor uh, there in the community. And you need not necessarily be a member of that church to, to get help and, and support from, from our institutions, which I think is remarkable. Um, so I think that, you know, being there for each other, saying a positive word for each other. One of the things that I, um, and, and, and telling each other the truth too, and, and being there to say, uh, no girl, you don't need to do that when we need to hear that. And sometimes we need to be strong and say, no, don't do that. You know, uh, you, you're going to hurt, you're going to end up hurting yourself uh, if it, in the long run, if you do that. Um, I heard earlier today, someone said that easy choices make a hard life, but hard choices lead to an easy life. And I, and I think the message there was sometimes we have to make difficult choices early on, but if we make those difficult choices early on, um, they pay benefits later on down the road. Um, and another thing that is sort of a principle that I live by is that I try to never um, bring down another uh, woman, particularly a, a woman of color, particularly publicly. I think there are too many ways in which we are demeaned uh, in the media, on television, uh, in classrooms, um, that we are depicted in negative ways. And I think to have someone say something positive to us or about us is can be so uplifting. Um, and to do something nice for someone or to someone, um, to pass along credit for somebody. Uh, and I think that that's something that pays big dividends that we don't often realize. Wow, oh, thank you, Ms. Emerson. You've done a great job of bringing together science, technology, religion, engineering and math uh, in careers, in education, in culture, in society. You've done a fantastic job and uh, looking forward to seeing what you're going to deliver again in 80-something days at the 25th Annual Women of Color Conference. And with that, I hand you back to my colleague, Brandon. Brandon? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communications Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for C 
CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students, and this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one-hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the Bayer Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time.